Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is your host, Hayden Bowe. And today on the podcast, we have Martin Palma. He is, uh, like I say later on, an international man of mystery. Uh, and you'll see why. He's uh, a Pan-American Masters champion, uh, gold medalist in the year 2021. And he's a member over at Hybrid Performance Method Gym. We're super lucky to have him on the podcast. He's a super interesting guy. I love his story. He, uh, not to have too much of a spoiler, but he was in his 40s, um, was getting made fun of by his kids, as most uh, dads uh, are or get or do uh, at that point. Um, and he was overweight, he wasn't in shape, he was smoking, he was drinking, and he wanted to make a change in his life. Uh, and that led him to CrossFit, which led him to weightlifting and all the other things that we talk about on the podcast. So super interesting guy. Um, I think you guys are going to really like this episode. Uh, as always, screenshot this episode while you're listening. Tag me, tag Steffi, tag Hybrid Unlimited, and you will automatically be entered in a draw to potentially win some hybrid performance method uh, apparel, the hybrid legacy brand apparel, which is the official apparel of the podcast. Uh, while you're at it, check out our programs on hybridstrengthcoach.com. Uh, we have everything from general fitness to CrossFit to powerlifting to Olympic weightlifting uh, and so on. It's all on our Hybrid Strength Coach app. Um, and you can find that either at the website I just said, hybridstrengthcoach.com or at hybridperformancemethod.com. Everything we do is linked on that website. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Listen, you're not getting enough electrolytes or salt in your diet. I see it. Steffi sees it. Hayden sees it. We all see it. Element is an electrolyte drink mix with no sugar, no artificial ingredients, and no BS. Everyone needs electrolytes, especially those on low-carb diets, practice intermittent fasting, are physically active, or sweat a lot. But don't just take my word for it. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. U.S. Olympians, players in the NFL, NBA, NHL, and even our own special forces drink Element. I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm the pinnacle of self-performance, but ever since Steffi turned me on to Element, I've seen vast improvements in my everyday training and recovery. You guys can try Element today with a totally risk-free, no-questions-asked refund policy. And you know what? Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com hybrid. Again, that's drinklmnt.com hybrid for your free sample pack of eight grab-and-go element packets. Stay salty, my friends. Now back to the podcast. All right. Martin Palma, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, glad you could be here. Squeeze us into your work day. We're just saying TGIF. Got out and then you're heading over to train after? Yes, I am heading over to train after this. Okay, so for people who don't know, Martin is one of the our members at the gym. Uh, he's a bit of an international man of mystery as well, which we'll get into. And uh, he's the 2021 Pan American uh, Masters champion, gold medalist. Um, we'll get into all that. But um, what... I think is interesting, especially about your story um, that I like, is that you have so much going on. You have a quote-unquote real job. And I say that because a lot of times uh, in the fitness industry, people are are 
almost either they don't give themselves enough credit or they're just being self-deprecating and they call our jobs not real, <laughs> like not real. Like sometimes I feel like it's not a real job, but uh, you have a real job. You have three kids. Two kids. Two kids. Uh, and you're competing at a super high level. So I'm going to dive into all that stuff. But first, I just want to ask how you got into fitness initially, sort of what your journey has been, um, you know, especially now being a master's athlete. And then when you found weightlifting and how that all sort of came together. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'd been working in the corporate environment for a number of years, you know, probably close to 20 years without having really done much structured exercise. And um, after a while, that really takes a toll on your, on your body. You can't stay 20 something forever. So metabolism slows down, you know, drinking catches up with you. So I had a bit of an aha moment, <clears throat> um, probably when I was around 40. And I looked in the mirror and I said, geez, you know, my kids were calling me fat. You know, they were, my wife was making fun of me. Like, you know, you used to be able to, um, you know, I thought you were like this kind of jack guy when I met you. And now, you know, you're sort of deteriorating. <clears throat> um, I was a big chain smoker. I drank a lot for, um, you know, for work events. So overall, my health was deteriorating. Um, and then there was someone in my office and she said, look, I'm getting married and I'm, I have to like fit into this wedding dress. So she said, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. What do you do? And she said, I, I do CrossFit to try to stay in shape, lose weight <clears throat> and, you know, just um, uh, to work out. And she's like, you might enjoy it. Why, you know, why don't you come with me one day? And uh, at the time I was working in, um, in Detroit, Michigan. And so I did my first like CrossFit class at this place called CrossFit in the D, which is in downtown Detroit. And I had no excuse because it was like a block from the office. So there was like no excuse to, to not go. Uh, so I went and it was like, you know, one of these, the wads was, I think it was like snatching and double unders. And I had never snatched and I had never double un did a double under before. Um, and the guy who was coaching, like, you know, he must've been like warming up or doing something before the workout started. And I just saw him lifting this like incredible amount of weight, you know, just from the ground to overhead, so smooth, you know, he would make that sound, you know, with the hip contact, which I didn't uh -huh. know was like amazing. And I saw that, like the fluidity of the movement and I'm like, hey, that's pretty cool. Um, but from a fitness perspective, that's how I started. And I was like, I gotta get in shape. I have, and after doing a couple of workouts, I'm like, <clears throat> I can't do these workouts and be a smoker and I can't do these workouts and be drinking every night because like I feel awful. Um, and I could only do like one workout a week with, and then I'd be like completely dead. I'd take a lot of Tylenol, you know, to, yeah. <laughs> to get rid of the pain. <laughs> but then one day a week became like two days a week and then became three days. And then I, I found um, one of the, then I was like, okay, well I work out on the weekends now too. And I found one of the local CrossFit places, um, which is where I work out still to this day um, to, to, to just be in shape. Wow. And so that's how that started. Um, it was really more of a, an epiphany around, you know, I can't be smoking and drinking and I'm going to die. So what, you know, I got these Was that kids. an intimidating environment when you first walked in there and you saw that or was it more motivating? Uh, I think it was a little motivating. So, you know, when you see when you're whatever, 40 something years old and you see these like 20 year old kids, um, boys and girls just, you know, just killing it, you know, on the on the floor. I have a very competitive streak in me. So I said, gosh, you know, I can't, I can't let these kids beat me. So then I, that's when I was like, I made a commitment to just be better um, from a CrossFit perspective. Uh, what about earlier on in life? Did you have an athletic background then too? I did. So I played a lot of sports since, you know, since I was like age five, you know, I played baseball. Um, I played a lot of tennis. Um, and then in high school, I was a track runner and a, and a football player. So 
you know, you don't you don't compete in anything, you know, after high school and you know in college you play a little bit, but it's not as structured. Um, so you know, from age twenty one to onward, there really isn't a a venue to express you know the the fact that you want to compete in anything yeah. really. Well, I mean, you can do pick up basketball and stuff. Like and that. it's also like growing up, it's so structured, right? Either your parents put you into stuff, or you have it available for you right at school. But that was something that I learned as well. I had been not forced because I enjoyed it all, but I had been basically my options of playing sports as a kid were chosen for me. And then from there, I narrowed it down to the ones that I really liked. But after uh, high school, when I was in university and I wasn't playing uh, hockey anymore at the collegiate level, uh, I I felt like I was missing out on something because I was used to being competitive my whole life. And I realized that it's the first, it was the first time in my life where I was a quote unquote adult and I, you have to seek out those those things and find them for yourself now. So it's a little bit different, right? I feel like everyone you know, who eventually gets back into weightlifting or a lot of people who get back into weightlifting CrossFit, they're people who are athletes from before and they're kind of searching for that, what's that thing that I can do now to fill that competitive void that I'm so used to and that I crave. And then you know, that's how I ended up in weightlifting. I was one of the few people, this was right when CrossFit was exploding, who got into weightlifting without doing CrossFit first. Mm-hmm. Most of the people who are on my weightlifting team were CrossFitters who either ended up not liking the cardio aspect or mm-hmm. the you know the skills aspect of, or the gymnastic skills aspect, or uh, uh, people who were just like, this was a classic one, oh, I'm gonna go to weightlifting, to a weightlifting training just to get better at weightlifting and then I'll, it'll make my CrossFit better, and then they end up falling in love with weightlifting and staying there. Mm-hmm. So not to be too long-winded on that one, but on that note, mm-hmm. You went back to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. You said the one that you're still at now. And how did you find your way to weightlifting from there? Uh, okay, so <clears throat> at uh, at CrossFit 97, that's where I, I go at uh, in New York. One of the members there was a pretty competitive weightlifter, like on the national level, and it, like it was a huge deal at the gym when uh, he qualified for the AO finals. <clears throat> so we had like a fundraising event at the gym, you know, so that he could go. We, you know, we all tried to lift heavy that day, you know, in, in, in support so that we could help, you know, with his uh, with his trip, which happened to be out in California. It was in Anaheim, California. I think it was 2017. I don't remember exactly the year. 2017, AO Finals, you know, he went to go lift and that was, uh, and I said, oh, I wanna, I wanna go to watch, you know, just to watch. And I, I ended up meeting everybody out there in California. And I saw on the platform, like there was this like old guy there. I think he was like 50. And I'm like, and I turned around to the guy that was coming. I'm like, you know, why is that? Why is that guy there? And he's like, oh, I don't know if you know, but there's a whole like other division in USA weightlifting for for masters, 35 and up. And you know, at the time, I was just like, oh, that's cool, and you know, just sort of left it at that. You know, watched the competition, and then after I heard that, I, I did a little more research as far as, you know, like what do the totals look like? You know, what are the age groups and etc. And then that's when I saw that, ooh, you know. If I, I think if I work, my numbers were not anything to brag about, but I'm like, oh, you know, maybe that's um, an area where I can do, uh, you know, compete formally and then I'll have sort of an outcome that I would um, train for versus just like, all right, I'm going to work out to get in shape. That helps so much. eh? Like just the ability to have some, you know, I'm going to have to get on stage. I'm going to have to wear the goopy singlet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to have to, you know, either do well and feel proud or, you know, feel bad in front of all these people. It's, it's super motivating. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what was next after that? Um, so then I said, all right, well, uh, I think it was, I said, all right, 
I still like CrossFit, but I'm like, all right. I, and I used to suck at weightlifting and CrossFit. And, and CrossFit, you know, I could get away with the gymnastics and all the body weight stuff because I'm small, right? I mean, 67 kilograms. But on the weightlifting, like, I would get smoked by the huge guys because, you know, I can't clean and jerk mm -hmm. 315. I can't snatch, you know, 225. That was, those were like the, the baseline numbers if you wanted to be like great. Right. So then I was like, all right, you know what? I'll just, maybe if I work on my weightlifting, I'll get better. I won't be able to hit those numbers, but I can like inch my way up the leaderboard. Um, but then I was like, you know what? I, I hated the cardio too. So I said, all right, I'm oh, just going to so look for some. it's one of stuff. these classic stories. <laughs> classic it's a, story. It's a bit of both. I hated the cardio. I mean, I was good at the gymnastics because I'm little. But then I said, you know what? I'm going to, I think I went to the first, my first weightlifting competition it was like a non-sanctioned event. It was some like, um, <clears throat> it was some like, you know, we'll lift heavy one day at, at one of the CrossFit gyms. And I said, all right, fine, I'll do that. And, you know, I, 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 I was like, I, you didn't have to wear the singlet, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wear the singlet. So mm -hmm. I did. Um, it was a non-sanctioned thing, and then I, I just sort of fell in love with the aspect of going up on stage. Everybody has to be quiet. You know, they're watching you. There's judges. So um, that really uh, sort of got my competitive juices flowing again. And as far as, you know, very motivational in terms of, all right, like, you know, I did okay. You know, I probably hit the numbers that I would have had expected to at that time. But I'm like, I think I got a lot more in the tank. I think I can beat these other guys. You know, these other guys are sure. like one of these. I'm like, I can beat these guys. Like, I don't know if I, if I put my mind to it. So, awesome. So then, that would have been your first leading into your first competition. That's right. So 2018, and then I did a sanctioned local one, and then that's where I qualified for the first national competition. I qualified for was the. Um, it was right before COVID. It was the Arnold. Um, it was the Arnold Classic. I want to say that was 2019, right? Like, so 2019 March wow. would have been my first. Um, national level competition so like you know so now i'm like ooh, this is exciting people come from everywhere they go to columbus and um like it's the a big special time event to be there pardon it, the arnold's a special event the the whole thing um now did you know this year were you there this year i was there this year yeah okay yeah, the yeah oh that's right that's right that's yeah. right yeah yeah uh they moved it off off site yeah they did because there's so many lifters yeah it's kind of a double-edged sword right mm. it's great that there's that level of popularity that so many people are competing that they can't have it in the convention center mm -hmm. but it also it sort of makes you feel like uh a little diluted yeah you know? well, well not even just that but just you know it you weightlifting used to get all this spillover traffic from other events you know same with how powerlifting is there right you know it's right, like right, people right. It, it's a good way to introduce people to the sport who wouldn't really know about it otherwise That's right. right so you have people from all these other fitness areas or just enthusiasts of fitness a lot of them are young so i mean I'm, the first time i went i would have been maybe 18 years old to the arnold you know so it was like you know you, you get exposed to all these different things mm -hmm. Whereas now, you really have to be seeking out weightlifting to go see weightlifting. So over it, there, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind of both. But they had a really great setup. They had how many it was platforms? A great setup. There was five platforms. Do you remember how many um, lifters? It was an insane. It was like number. a thousand lifters over the course of four days. Uh, it was and it was incredibly well organized. Like you would think it would be chaotic, but it was everything was you know when I was there, everything was on time. It was a little like crowded at check in, but you know what do you expect for thousand yeah. lifters and um one of the guys said it's like being in a big track meet i don't know if you've ever been in a big track meet where you're in this giant school, thing and yeah, there's like yeah. lots of stuff going on you gotta like kind of wait for your turn um that's what it was like and it was in this huge center i don't remember the name it was like a gigantic um venue with stands the, the one this year you're talking about yeah the one this year yeah that was great as yeah. a spectator it was really great i love the uh the bleachers 
Yeah. Because yeah. most weightlifting events, you're all on floor level. That's and right. it's like, as soon as the person in the front row stands up, then it's like, yeah, exactly. no Can't one sees see anything yeah, after that. Right. You're like just listening for like positive or negative sounds from mm-hmm. the, the crowd to know if they made the lift. <laughs> so uh, that was really cool. What was your first experience at the Arnold like? Because that would have been ba- that would have been in the Columbus. Convention it was in Center. the Columbus Arena. It was right before COVID, so we thought that they might cancel it. But they said, "Look, the athletes can still go." So I didn't quite get the Arnold experience because like everything was canceled. But some of the bodybuilding shows were still good. I think some of the powerlifting stuff was strongman too. They had a few. Strongman was still okay. Um, but me and my coach, we like walk into the venue, and it was three three platforms, and it was in the convention center, and there was nobody in there. So it was like you know, like a library, it was so quiet. Weird, gigantic place, lots of seats, but like nobody in there except the officials and the athletes. Um, I bombed my snatches promptly. Oh no. (laughs) And um, uh, you know, it was all on film and like, we had everybody watching the live stream, all my friends and family are like watching the live stream and they're like, yo man, this guy like completely bombed the snatches. And I thought I was gonna quit, like, you know, went to the back, I like threw my, shoes in the garbage can you know like all kinds of crazy stuff and my coach was like yo we came all the way out here like you're gonna you gotta did get they back like, out they let you do clean and jerk yeah so i went back awesome. out and did the clean and jerk actually i think i pr'd that day or i i, I think i matched okay. the pr on after on the clean and jerk so you know thank goodness for that. so then it was a good experience though to to get out there you know at a national level and you know Learn how to fail. You know, you yeah. got to learn how to fail. It happens to everybody. Well, there's a lot of people for a long time, uh, especially the Arnold was sort of like the pinnacle American weightlifting event. Mm-hmm. So uh, people, a lot of people weighted that more heavily even than nationals. Because mm-hmm. it used to not only get, it was almost like an international meet some years. I remember mm-hmm. like Lydia Valentin used to always come yes, from uh, yes. uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fernando would always be there competing mm-hmm. for Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, you had like, Sometimes you get the Polish lifters. Like it was just a cool event that everybody wanted to go to, and, mm-hmm. and it was one of the only events uh, in weightlifting that had cash prizes back then. Ooh. So I'm sure that attracted people a lot. And the Arnold will always have that allure, no matter how it it changes. But that's cool. And then you. So after doing that, what was the trajectory? Yeah. So then after that, you know, the whole like world shuts down, right? And. Um, <clears throat> You know, then for a lot of people in fitness, it's like, well, what do we do now? Like all the gyms were closed. Like I, I'm in New York, so they had some of the strict, strictest oh, yeah. um, rules. So like everything was closed. We weren't allowed out of the house, you know. So I remember the day they kind of announced like, all right, that's it. Like everything has to be closed. I asked my, you know, my coach who owns the CrossFit place. I'm like, hey, man, do you think I could take like a barbell and, and a set of the plates and, and just take them with me in the car? Because who knows when this is going to come back? Um, and thankfully, he let me do that. And so I had this barbell and set of plates that... I ended up using for like a year because the gym was pretty much closed for the better part of a year. And I would, you know, lift in my mom and dad's backyard or (laughs) lift in the garage. And so I would keep the, um, keep my um, strength, try to keep my strength up, knowing that one day I was like, hopefully one day we'll get to, you know, we'll get to compete again in, uh, um, you know, in person. Wow. Man, I remember the, because I'm from Toronto, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was seeing all my friends back home going through that same thing with the pandemic. And obviously, it affected the individuals, but it affected the, the businesses so much, too. Oh, I know. Yeah. So there were actually a lot of the gyms back home were renting out whatever equipment they could to members just to have some sort of income to try to get them through. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I can't remember exactly when the sort of lockdowns ended in New York. But for Toronto, it was like 
two years basically right? yeah. the, where people couldn't really do anything. Even I got stuck there for a period of time mm -hmm. uh, in late uh, 2021 through to like through the first quarter of 2022. And um, yeah, it was, I think I went just in the time that I was there, which was about five, like five months, we went through two or three different rounds of lockdowns, right. which is just crazy. Cause it's like people would come out you know, businesses would come out of the lockdown and be like, oh, thank God, now we can make money again. As soon as they'd start picking up momentum, it'd be like, let's right. it. Then you had the vaccine passports. Did they have that in New York? They did. They had um, vaccine passports where you couldn't go to the restaurant, you know. You Unless you had it. You had to scan it at the gym. You know, there was all types of... Um, <clears throat> oh, yeah, we had the ones where mandates. originally uh, it was just like a written piece of paper, kind of. Uh, like I, I got it yeah, here. Yeah, that's wrote what it is. It. It's a card. It's like a little index card but where they it, write. You in know. Toronto, though, they got so uh, like wigged out about it because everyone was just making fake ones. Oh, of course, yeah. That uh, they you had to upload it with like the lot number from the vaccine. You oh, got to do all this stuff online, yeah. and then they'd give you a digital vaccine passport. So it had to be like approved by the government, okay. and then they would actually scan it. Like when you would go into the the thing. So it that didn't was, quite get to that in in New York. Um, but you still had to show the card or a picture mm. of the card or something, yeah. <laughs> a picture of the card that showed that uh, you had a dose. Um, and I would say probably it was about a year. I don't remember the time, like it was such a blur, like a year or so before we were allowed like back in the gym. And then even then you had to wear masks and, you know, social distance. Yeah, social and... distance. Um, so there weren't a lot of people allowed at one time. Uh, but I was just glad that I had the barbell. You know, still sometimes I had the barbell to, 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 to at least do something. But, you know, for, for anybody who didn't have that, I can imagine it was just, you know, crazy. Well, that's the beauty of Olympic weightlifting too, right? The mm -hmm. simplicity of it. Like, well, in many ways, it's, it's super complex in the actual execution of the lifts. But mm -hmm. if you have a barbell and you have plates, you can, you can do it, right? And you just six by six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pieces, flat, flat piece of uh, for sure. flat, flat spot. Yep. There was a time where Steffi and I made our own uh, platform. It must have weighed a couple hundred pounds. Uh, and we were living in an uh, apartment building in Coral Gables. Mm -hmm. And we would dr pull the thing out together. And we'd have to do like five trips to get everything out because we'd have the female bar, the men's bar, you know, and then go lift in the, the parking lot of the... Yes. The complex, like crazy people. That's right. But That's what you got to do when you're desperate. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. do what you got to do. But it was nice that it was, that was all we really needed. Mm -hmm. right? So the silver lining there. Mm. But, um, okay, so were you able to maintain your, your strength? Uh, I think so. Like, you know, I, I was lucky enough because there was nothing else to do. So, you know, I would, uh, I would just, in the morning, I would do a session. And in the afternoon, I would eat. And in the afternoon, I'd do a session. Because, you know, even for work, there wasn't really much... Um, there wasn't much traveling. There was no going to the office. Everything was remote anyway. So um, there was just like a lot of time, and uh, that's how I um, that's how I passed it. So I was able to maintain the fitness. It was tough, you know. Like I don't like to lift by myself, you know. Like I'm one of those guys yeah. that likes to be around others. Um, but you know, it was okay. Um, my kids got to lift with me a few uh, as well. You know, they had all their schools remote, so like you know, they were lifting with me as well. So that was uh, that was a good time. Were they lifting prior to that, or did they just get into that? Um, so they were CrossFitting. They've been doing CrossFit Kids. Uh, that's how they got into lifting. So they were doing CrossFit Kids stuff from when they were like, you know, gosh, the little guy was like eight years old, and then the bigger oh, guy was awesome. like 10, and, you know, now they're huge. They're like 
15 and 17. So <laughs> and they're going to be stronger than I am very soon. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. That's okay. Hey, you have to um, pass the torch at some I point. I do, right? yeah. Uh, so that's how they got into it. They did it like there was a CrossFit kids class every Sunday. So that's what they would, they would, they learned there, you know, starting with the PVC. And then we had that little five pound like Oso barbell for the kids. And, you know, now they, now they're in there, you know, barely warming up and then maxing out. So whatever. That's all. And they stuck with it the, from then all the way till now? They did, yeah, they have. They wow, have. that's awesome. Uh, I mean, they, they wrestle in high school. <clears throat> uh, my other guy does cross country. So, I mean, they still um, do the high school sports, but I mean, I, I'm surprised that they like to lift as much as they do. I guess it's kind of cool to be the strongest guy. It, it school, is addicting. You know? I think yeah. the hardest thing to do <clears throat> is to like get that initial buy-in because, I mean, we all like trick ourselves mm-hmm. into enjoying it, right? But the essence of it is like, you're doing unnecessary work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time like it's not it's not really enjoyable unless you're able to like unless you get that sort of addictive thing right where you start chasing prs and you're thinking about it at home and you know i i remember i used to when i was competing in olympic weightlifting Mm -hmm. i used to always wake myself up because i'd be thinking about it so much i would without realizing it in my sleep be doing like a snatch and my arm (laughs) would go flying and i'd punch my headboard and i'd wake up like oh and but I was like, it, it it can be so consuming when uh, when you start seeing the results, you know, in the mirror, especially when you're a kid, mm-hmm. like seeing get getting muscular and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, having those ideas, I want to hit this goal, and then achieving that goal, and hitting and like keep ch- keep on chasing and improving. I think super addictive. What's up, everyone? It's your favorite podcast producer, Nick Tricana, here to give you a word from our incredible sponsor over at Element. Because we love y'all so much over here at Hybrid Unlimited, we're going to hook you up with a free sample pack of Element just for you. Each sample pack includes eight grab-and-go packets in a variety of different flavors. All you have to do is go to drinkelement.com hybrid. That's drinklmnt.com hybrid. Absolutely. And I think it teaches them a lesson that, you know, it's hard. And I recognize that, you know, I have other friends who have kids around the same age. And I think it's the, because it takes like a long time to be good. Like, you know, somebody's like, oh, how is he so good at snatching? I'm like, oh, the guy's been doing it for six years. Like, it's not like he just woke up one day and was like, oh, I know how to snatch. It just takes a long time. And there's a lot of failures and there's a lot of days that you have. And I think for them, it's a good just life lesson to understand that, you're not going to be hitting a PR every day. Like you're not going to be getting an A plus every day. Like it's mm-hmm. going to be, um, a, it, you're in there for the long game. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. you're not going to be, um, unless you're some kind of super freak. Like you're not going to be uh, good right away. Um, it yeah. takes a lot of work and a lot of um, discipline. Yeah, and I think I mean there's value to all sports. I think for kids, mm-hmm. but. when you compare individual sports like weightlifting or wrestling is another good Mm -hmm. one um it's kind of different lessons you know in in a team sport if you had a if you have a bad day you're feeling tired or something's on your mind you can rely on the other people on your team to sort of pick up the slack for Mm -hmm. you right when you're out there on the weightlifting platform or on the, the mat in wrestling there's nobody you can blame for any outcome other than yourself and there's no uh, I'm going to take this shift off because yeah, yeah. if you do, barbell's going to fall on your head or right. some guy's going to throw you on your back. So uh, that one's really cool. That was always stuff that uh, I liked about weightlifting, mm-hmm. doing it from when I was younger until even till now with powerlifting because it makes you, it keeps you in check. Like for mm-hmm. me, it's a great ego check all the time too, right? It's yes. like I'll go in the gym 
and you know how it is like when you're progressing uh early on every time you you every week you go in you're like i'm adding five kilos here this is gonna happen forever then you get to a point where you're like all right today i'm gonna go for a 10 kilo pr and like it doesn't even not move. even close it doesn't even yeah, move yeah, yeah. you know yeah, so right. it's it makes you reassess yourself a lot which i think is valuable and i for, agree for kids absolutely. it's great too. absolutely yeah so you think would you do you think that you would have put them in CrossFit younger had you known or do you, what, what's the age that you would think? No, I think that it was appropriate at the time, you know, I mean, eight years old, 10 years old, I think they had like good body awareness. I mean, they did stuff like Taekwondo and like other things, you know, to learn how to move, um, to understand, you know, how to be coordinated. So uh, I don't think I would have put them in at like age three. Like, I don't think so. I think, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think it was, it was appropriate at the time. And like, they were like mentally ready, you know, like um, where I didn't have to force it. Just say, hey, look, if you're interested in doing it, you can do it. If you like it, keep going. If you don't, no, that's okay too. That's awesome. I, and I, I think that CrossFit's a great introductory sport for mm -hmm. kids because there's a lot of research now behind the negative uh, impact of early specialization. Mm -hmm. So like, kids who just go into, you know, weightlifting when they're, six or seven or go straight into powerlifting or people who have only played one sport with one sort of type of physical demand. Um, I was fortunate that my, like I said, even though they were all pre-selected for me by my parents, when I went into sports, I basically tried them all. And yeah, then, same here. Yep. you know, kind of siphoned through uh, everything until I found the ones that I was really passionate about. But I played them all for a few years or a lot of them anyway. And uh, the, the background that that gives you in one, just like learning how to do a bunch of different things is valuable, I think, but mm -hmm. also uh, just like the physical attributes that you develop through doing a bunch of different things uh, is really good. And I think you see uh, in weightlifting, especially, you look at the countries that put out, that put out you know high, high level weightlifters. It's like sure they'll be doing they'll you know you'll have a an 89 kilo lifter clean and jerking 200 kilos when he's 18. Mm -hmm. But then he'll be 30 and he's still clean and jerking 200 kilos. Right. So it's like at that point, you know, or they're injured out of the sport. Or they're injured out of the sport, yeah. But um, yeah, I think that actually the way that America uh, and Canada do it now, if, if it was an even playing field and every country had to be clean, I think, yeah. I think you know, there's few things, few sports that America wouldn't be, you know, in the top of for that. You have just such a large base of people to draw from. You know, That's I right. mean, look, look at the NFL guys are, oh, yeah. you have guys who have just the, the most disgusting clean forms ever. And they're, you know, they're like doing power cleans yeah. with 450. I mean, the Saquon 405 <laughs> power clean is like sort of legendary <laughs> where, yeah. I mean, no, like no form whatsoever. And the guy just picks it up like it's nothing. You know? Yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. um, I did want to talk about uh, sort of your prioritizing of lifting because sure. um, like I said you have a real job yes you have kids you have all these things mm -hmm. what is it that you do for a living because you're seemingly traveling all over the place all the time that's right that's I mean I, I um so I work for uh, one of the big four accounting firms I'm not an accountant I work for the advisory services which is um, technology advisory services it's basically consulting uh, I've been doing that since I graduated from college but not by choice it just so happened to be the the job I got at the time, and um, I was just able to, you know, just sort of stick with it. Uh, so what I do is I do, you know, like technology consulting, and specifically for um, utility companies. So you're like electric, gas, water companies. You know, these these ones they um, need a lot of 
they require a lot of technology to support their, you know, their business. So that's where I just happened to become a specialist in like one thing, in one piece of software that when I started it was like brand new, but now here we are like 20 years later and it's still very relevant and it's still like required. So um, <clears throat> I've been able to make a career out of knowing how to do this like one thing, um, which as you say, Hayden, it like, it started, I, I got to travel all over for it because it started out as, um, uh, as something that was like not ready for like North America and the complications of like the US and Canada. So it started in some of these like other countries where the, the business is not as complicated. So like Europe and Australia, even some places in Asia. So I got to, I was really lucky that I got to sort of follow the work around and go to those like really cool places when I was like 20 something too. So like, you know. Is that what single. took you to Toronto? Yeah, that's why I was in Toronto. Yeah, that's why I worked at the at the electric company up there. I was um, doing the doing the um, uh, the software for uh, Hydro One, which is the, right. the uh, power company up there. So I spent a couple of years in Toronto doing that. Yep. So are you mostly the uh, Eastern Seaboard now? Because you said yeah, these days I'm mostly on the Eastern Seaboard. Um, there isn't as much, you know. It was so cool back then because a lot of international travel was like uh, that was like kind of the norm, uh, but now everything you know is more regional. So yeah, like um, I'll be up and down the East Coast. Like I now that I tell my job, I'm like, oh, you know, I, I have another place in Florida. They're like, oh, well, here's a couple of places that you can sort of um, work down there, um, which is cool. You know, so New York, New Jersey, and then like kind of down here, Atlanta area, um, um, West Palm. So these are the places that I've been uh, lately. Does uh, traveling often affect your training at all? Um, yes. The cool thing though is, is that, um, before I go somewhere, so let's say I'm going to take a, let's say I'm going to take a business trip to San Diego or whatever. Like I'll do like a little bit of research beforehand to see, Ooh, okay. So like what, what CrossFit gym or what place can I maybe drop into to, um, you know, to get my, my training in. So, um, that, that part of it is cool. And then it's really cool to like go to, like I probably have like a million shirts from all these different oh, like, gyms cool. all over, all over the country, wherever I've like gone for, for work. I usually will take a day or whatever, just to at least um, get a lift in. That's cool. You should, uh, I'm one athlete that I used to know well, she was sponsored by Donuts and Deadlifts. Mm -hmm. And she eventually had like, you know, five years worth of shirts yes. and they come out with shirts every month. So she had so many, she didn't know what to do with it. And she turned them all, she had them all turned into um, like sewn together to make a big quilt. Yes, I think I saw that. Yeah, I think I it saw was, that. I yeah. was, yes, yes. It was Ricky, Lil Ricky on Instagram who did it. Shout out to her. Um, nice. But yeah, it was cool. Just like, I think she just cut like the square of the logo part Just out. like the logo part? And yeah. Made, and hey, maybe I'll do that. Because I was like cleaning out my stuff. I'm like, ooh, this is the time I was in Huntington Beach. It's yeah. cool, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like at, at, at a certain point, you're just like, oh my God, how many, yeah, I mean, how many shirts do, can I possibly like, have? Yo, get rid of these shirts, I'm like man. giving them all away yeah. <laughs> every, once a month in the gym. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. How'd you find hybrid? Uh, so hybrid is a great, uh, story. So I, um, back, so back when I started like following weightlifting, I was very like interested in the U S team, of course, cause I'm like, oh, you know, who, who do we send to like the Olympic team? You know, who's this and that. And, um, that's where I saw like Hunter Elam for the first time. Like I saw her like on Instagram or whatever. And I was like, wow, she's so strong. And like, we're around the same size. Right. So I was like, mm -hmm. that's amazing how. Um, she's like way stronger than I am and we're like the same size and she's a woman. So I yeah. thought that was like fascinating. And then I would, I followed her on Instagram for whatever. And then I lifted at um, nationals for masters in Orlando 
Um, I think that was like almost two years ago now. I think maybe it was 2021. It was like one of the first ones where we, went, we got to lift in, in person again. And of course it was in Florida. Right. Uh, so after that was done, my family and I were like, okay, after the competition's done, we were gonna go to Miami anyway to like hang out. We were gonna stay at you know, one of the hotels on South Beach. We we're gonna take a couple of days and we we're gonna just you know, relax on a vacation. And I had seen that, oh, um, like Hunter and Fernando and Medina, they all work out at you know, the hybrid performance method gym. And I'm like, oh, that's gonna be so cool if I got to just like go in there one day and, you know, and just not even like work out, just to like see it. And I emailed, you know, the, or I DM'd uh, the, the gym. And I said, hey, you know, do you think I can drop in, whatever else? And, you know, at the time, Medina was um, the guy uh, managing. So, yeah, come on in. You know, everybody lifts. The Olympic team, you know, probably lifts, or Olympic weightlifting lifts around like 11 or so. So come in around that time. Uh, so, you know, I roll, roll in there and I'm like, wow, look at all these, <laughs> look at all these like world-class lifters. And everybody was so cool and so like accommodating. And <clears throat> they made me really feel like uh, at, uh, very comfortable and very at home because you know some places can be intimidating where they're like you know don't talk to us we're we're training oh for sure you know especially, what I mean especially in weightlifting powerlifting and get really clicky yeah and like I, I could be like you know I could be like intruding on their you know on their prep or whatever um, but they were really cool you know Hunter was like hey you want to share the platform with me it's totally fine and um, I was like what what an amazing place and it just so happened that. Um, during that trip, my wife was like, I love Miami. Oh, <laughs> so I'm like, awesome. yeah, me too. And then that eventually evolved into, um, you know, us getting us uh, like our second uh, place down here, which we had always intended to do something. So like, and now that we can escape from New York, it's, uh, it's really cool. So that's how I found the gym. Um, and now that I love going there. I mean, it's like my, whenever I'm preparing for a comp, I'm always like, all right, I'm gonna go here for a couple of weeks just to like get into the right mindset. Yeah, and that's I, and awesome. I go. That's what I've been doing for the last uh, last like year or so. Well, that's cool. Well, we love having you, and it looks like it's paid off. Oh, that, yeah. I, I hope that's what I said. Like, I hope I have I hit so many PRs over there. I'm like, hmm, are the kilos yeah. okay? Or yeah, it's, <laughs> I think it's. All right. Yeah. No, we're not shaving kilos. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like. <laughs> uh, so what's your, what's your next goal? Do you have uh, any any immediate and long term goals? Yeah, for so immediate. I'm competing at the so I'm, I've got Pan Am's Masters. It's in Puerto Rico, so that's cool. Um, the on the 10th and 11th of uh, June so that's coming up so I'm getting ready for that I had a little bit of an injury at the beginning of the year so like that's pretty much healed now so I'm just trying to get back to like I'm that not yet not quite yet at the numbers I was you know sort of coming out of um, the AO finals last year so um, just short term just trying to get um, my numbers high where I, I'm confident so I'm looking to compete there. And then after that, I'm um, not sure. I think I might take some time off. I've already qualified for like the AO finals for the end of the year. But then it's, um, I think Masters Worlds is like right around the same time. And it's again here in Orlando. So I know I got to figure out what, um, what I'll do in that time frame. But then between, you know, basically between June and December, there's nothing really uh, planned. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not quite sure what will happen after, mm. after June. So I might, take, I might actually take some time off. You know, we'll see. It might be good for the body. Yeah, every once in a while. And it's it, good for your, your mind, too, mm -hmm. right? Take a little bit of time off, and you go from dragging yourself into the gym after a couple of heavy preps to being like, oh, I miss it. This I remember why I do it now. I have to, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's a good feeling to be in there. It's easy to take, like anything, it's easy to take it for, for granted when you do it all the time. Yeah, and, and then and it's hard. <laughs> I mean, there was a time there, like, because there had been no in-person competition for so long, like I was just like itching to get, so it was almost like every three months I was doing something. And after a while it became a little bit like taxing where, you know, like I didn't have a time to really sit and 
truly recover. And I think that's kind of like why I got hurt at the beginning of the year. But whatever, it's. I think I, it, I'm getting a little smarter now, so it's. Uh, yeah, it's you good. learn with experience yeah. too. Training age is important, not just the age. For sure. Um, so will you have to pick between the AO and World? I think I might Masters have World? to. I think I might have to. Like I think it's literally one week after the other. So we'll see. I mean, I could maybe I'll do. I don't know. I, I think I would have to pick one or the other. I think. Yeah. Okay. And wait, and that that was the AO final. The AO final, yeah, okay. which I think is in Atlanta. And then the Masters Worlds Back is down in here Orlando. in Orlando. So you know. maybe you could go to AO final and treat it like a last training. Maybe, kind of yeah, thing. just take it as a big heavy one and then go, you know, then yeah, and drive up to Orlando that. or something or drive to Atlanta or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> little traincation. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about the rumblings of possibly losing weightlifting in the Olympics? Yes. I know course. it comes up every once in a mm-hmm. while, but now it seems like a real risk. Um, uh, it's a risk. Would that change anything for you and your training? I don't think so. I mean, I think that, they, I mean, as long as they're still, um, they'll still have competitions, you know, here in America. I, 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 don't, I don't think the IWF is going to go anywhere and they sponsor like all the master stuff as well. So I don't think um, it would change anything for me. But I mean, obviously for, for those who have trained for so long to be in the Olympics. Like not only is there a risk of it not being there, but they've already like cut the number of weight classes. So um, that makes it even more, um, more difficult. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame that, I mean, isn't Olympic weightlifting like one of the original sports? Yeah. And like, I just can't see how that goes away. And then we're going to have like a BMX, you know, cycling. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't understand that whole I, I get to thing. some extent evolving with the times, but mm-hmm. when you look at, it's like we have all these other avenues and arenas for quote-unquote modern-day sports or, mm-hmm. or what I would consider more like games. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at what sport was, you know, in the spirit of the Olympics and what it was testing for, it was to very clearly define who was the strongest, mm-hmm. who was the fastest, who That's was right. the best at combat, mm-hmm. all these very primal um, challenges, mm-hmm. you know, that were relevant for, for whatever, combat or mm-hmm. even like agriculture, all these things back in the day. And I think that we're, it's a mistake to get too far away from that because I while so. I, I, I still, like I said, I appreciate basketball and mm-hmm. you know golf, golf. Is in the Olympics, right? I mean yeah they're all great sports mm-hmm. but we have such high levels of competition in those outside of the Olympics right to the point where you look at, at uh, you know if, to speak to the Winter Olympics sports like hockey it's like they're we're not they're not even allowed like the NHL will not let some like players go play in the, right. uh, you know in the Olympics so it's like you're not even getting the highest level anymore that's right um, and then you're taking away from, you know, the sort of basic instinct of it. So mm-hmm. it's tough to see. I, I was I was actually happy to see when wrestling got taken out that really the uh, well did you, it happened. If, uh, I don't know if it was last Olympics or the one before. They said we're removing re- wrestling, and the re- wrestling community as a whole rallied and had petitions signed and did this huge campaign to get it reinstated, and mm-hmm. they were successful in it. So, I didn't know that they took wrestling out. Yeah, I for, saw a, it. for a short period. I okay. don't think they missed. They, they didn't, didn't miss an Olympics. They didn't miss okay. an Olympic right. Games, but um, you know, it was cool to see. And I, hopefully, if that situation happens with weightlifting, you know, you see the same uh, sort of response from the weightlifting community. It might be a little bit more challenging just because of the uh, like the the university 
level competition of uh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like people are getting scholarships for that, and there's yeah. a lot of money behind it and all that stuff. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah I, I would be sad. The only thing that I would see as a positive um, for weightlifting is that you get to get rid of that quad cycle. Right. Because I think that's, man, is that a lot of pressure on the athlete, I for one? So. And then also such a letdown to dedicate four years of your life to all the people who are right on the bubble come so close and then you know you see the you see the posts of people who just missed the yeah. last olympics yeah. and man it's you can tell it's just heartbreaking for it them is. i feel for them yeah. so yeah you know i don't know powerlifting isn't in the olympics and it's you know it's popular and it's mm-hmm. on a very similar kind of um schedule and all that stuff is mm-hmm. weightlifting so maybe they could go that road if it happens but mm. i mean i would love i would love for it to stay in the Olympics. i mean the fact that the name is in the sport like it's olympic weightlifting <laughs> yeah. you know i just don't understand how like what do we call it then you know what do we call it afterwards i know <clears throat> it's sad but if well if it happens yeah know. if it happens that's right but it's uh yeah i don't know and maybe you'd see like uh how there's in powerlifting like a, a tested and untested division. You just have like a mutant division of lifters. <laughs> yeah, Guys snatching like yeah. 250 yeah, like, kilos. No problem. They're like, you know, 55 kilos snatching 200. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It could be wild. Mm. Um, so what, what's next for you? Um, I, I think, you know, I'm just going to keep training, you know, I, and until I get sick of it. I mean, I think that, again, as, as long as I can still compete, that's what keeps me you know, I, I, I hear a lot of stuff like, well, you know, kind of have to love the process of training. I don't really love the process of training, like, because it's always painful. And as you say, I wake up and I'm like, man, this hurts. <laughs> yeah. But I chase an outcome. So I chase a PR or I chase, you know, a, a podium position. Like that's what, um, you know, that's what makes it um, enjoyable to me. The process of like, you know, doing heavy squat fives, you know, every day, like that's, you know, not necessarily, the, you know, I don't, I don't know if I'm passionate about that, but it's... Um, but, you know, I, I think that's what it's going to be. I mean, I'll keep competing until, you know, until I can't. I mean, it's pretty cool in the Masters. Like, they divisions are every five years old. So, like, I'm at the older end. Yeah, I'm 48. So, I'm at the older end of the 45s. And then, you know, I graduate to 50. And then, you know, and then it's 55 after that. That's so. kind of nice. You get, you, you get a new, like, temporary advantage every five years almost, I right? I think so. I think so. I mean, I guess so, yeah. It's like, hey, if I'm the, like, the young 50-year-old, you know, versus, like, the guy's 55, you know, I guess I have an advantage. So, yeah, that, that's how it would work. That's awesome. Well, it's been fun uh, following along with your lifting career. It's cool that you came onto it like at a Late. later point. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've seen success with it and are enjoying it and all that stuff and are healthy and it's been such a positive thing for you. So um, anything you would tell someone who was in a similar situation to you? You know, at age 40, maybe they're not in the best health. And Yeah, I mean, you know, you have to... Um, I mean, I did it because my... Everybody was like, my whole family was like making fun of me. They're like, yo, you're like <laughs> fat and you're slow. And like, there's no way you used to be like an athlete. That, like that was, that was what like um, kind of motivated me. But I mean, the thing is. You were is fat that, shamed into it. Yeah, I was fat shamed into it. Like, you know, and I, I still remember there's a picture on my phone where my kids are like, oh, there's your wake up picture. See, when we saw that, that's when you knew. Um, but I would just say my advice is, look, just take it, um, especially at after 40, like, just a little bit at a time as i said you know i used to be able to do like one workout a week in crossfit and then one becomes two and then two becomes more and then all of a sudden i'm like six days a week and i'm like feeling good so i would say to just start and then just stay consistent and even when it like hurts just to you know sort of endure it um and then you know as you know it's a journey and then after time like 
like one day I woke up and I'm like, well, I'm pretty, I'm pretty damn strong. Like, yeah, and strong, you know what I mean? Like, and, yeah, I think and then it right. makes it worth it. Everybody looks for that tipping point, you know, and there often isn't one. I think mm-hmm. m- vast majority of the time there isn't one. There's just many, many small steps right. that slowly get you to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no magic bullet. There's nothing like that. So I think that's, that's a great message. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. As I've you know sort of said yeah. many times, I mean the uh, the culture of and the um, the feeling of the gym and of the team is uh, is like a pleasant surprise for me because I didn't have that you know for the first few years. But like being part of that now um, and then even part of it, being part of this today, like it really, really is um, fulfilling. Something yeah, is very, cool. very surprising, but like something that I'm just like very thankful and grateful that I was able to to do that. Well, thanks for being on. Thanks for buying into the hybrid community. You and, got it. Uh, I'll probably see you over there in the gym. Yes, sir. (laughs) We'll see you a bit. All right.